Tuesday the 12th September 2017. This morning, although a bright sunny day did not start well, our Labrador Rafa seemed to be very quiet this morning and closer inspection seemed to have lost the use of his back legs. He's usually very energetic and completely flattens everybody as they enter the kitchen. We have affectionately nicknamed him the Big Brown Bugger. He is three this Christmas, but still behaves like a puppy and is very, very naughty. His favourite game when you enter the kitchen is to snatch a tea towel off the argo rail and rushing round and round the kitchen table with it in his mouth. He refuses to drop it and only gives it back after he has chewed the size of a hole in it. This is very typical Labrador behaviour. About 20 years ago, we had a delightful yellow Labrador called Arnie Palmer. One day we had cause to have some plumbing done. I had left the plumber in the kitchen with Arnie, who was lying innocently in the corner. A little while later, I was called back by a very agitated plumber who said that Arnie had just eaten his six-inch bar of flashing lead. I quickly rang the vet, who was very concerned and said that he would have to remove it, otherwise it could cause brain damage. I wryly replied that I thought he must be brain damaged anyway to do such a thing. We rushed Arnie to the vets and they duly operated and we were told that as soon as he came out of the anaesthetic that we could collect him. When we arrived at the surgery we were presented with a clear plastic bag. Within lay the well-chewed bar of flashing lead, one pair of tights, one tea towel and various other pieces of unidentifiable pieces of coloured plastic. There was also what looked like the sad remains of a green tennis ball, all out of Arnie's stomach, in one fell raid. I was amazed how had he survived. He went on to live a long and healthy life, which ended with a dignified burial down in the secret garden, next to the pond, where I used to sit and write my plays. I was so attached to Arnie, we spent many mornings solitary walks together and was so bereft that I had felt compelled to give him a proper headstone, which I ordered from the local monumental masons. I had inscribed a beautiful poem on it, and one day, whilst the stonemason was carving it, a man came in to pay the bill for his wife's headstone, and he looked at all the wording on Arnie's and said, Crumbs, that dog has more words written on his headstone than my wife has on hers. I have never gone to those lengths since, as we have buried many dogs and cats over the years. We always bury them with dignity, as we believe they have souls. Why shouldn't they have? However, we usually make their headstones ourselves, a simple piece of stone saying who they were, what they were, when they were born and when they died. We always put a personal and appropriate felicitation. But back to poor old Rafa, he already occasionally has fits, which can be normal for dogs and which they often grow out of, and therefore I immediately started thinking the worst. Could it be a brain tumour? I tried to persuade him up onto his feet, but to no avail. His back legs immediately gave way again. It was time to ring the vet. The vet came out at 11.30am and Rafa, having spent the entire morning in one spot, 
and wouldn't stand up or move, to the extent that I felt it necessary to bring his bowl of water over to him. On seeing the vet, he immediately got up and walked over to her, who felt a complete fool. The nurse had asked me on the phone this morning if there was any possible chance of bringing him in. I answered no, as he seemed completely paralysed in the back legs. I felt embarrassed in the extreme. I felt rather the same as I did when Carl was about five years old and on arriving at a birthday party that she'd been invited to, the hostess, who knew that we were following a different diet, asked if Carl was OK with tomatoes and cucumbers. After telling the mother she was fine with everything except meat, <clears throat> but hated cucumbers, almost before I had finished saying this, Carl had calmly devoured a bowl of cucumber pieces before our very eyes. Back to Rafa. The vet thoroughly examined him and was satisfied that there was nothing neurologically wrong with him and that he seemed to be showing some sensitivity in his lower spine. She thought that he would be okay in a couple of days with some rest and no walks. One injection of an anti-inflammatory drug, a painkiller and a £348 bill later and he began trotting around the room. The price of love. This is a red-letter day for Marshall. He begins his training as an after-school practitioner, which he's looking forward to a lot. Last year, he did a short course on teaching sports children, and he's hoping to be able to use those newly acquired skills. Marshall is very good at sport. He has done urban running and has always been good at climbing, running and gymnastics, so this should suit him fine. I remember when he was a very little boy, his elder brother, who was playing with him in the garden, came running into the house saying, Hurry, hurry, Marshall, he's climbing to the top of the big tree. David was first there and rescued him, but said to me later that there was not too much to worry about, as Marshall had been climbing the tree like a little monkey with amazing skill. However, I was relieved to see him back on terra firma. The house this afternoon was very quiet without Marshall. He is the most creative and inventive of all my children, and it is him who dreams up the swallows and Amazon-style activities which the children so love, and is always accompanied by peals of laughter. It's just the beginning of another era. Tonight is Cubs night, so that will give them something to look forward to. They always enjoy Cubs, and it is a wonderfully social thing for them, where they meet up with lots of friends once a week. Both Jaunty and Rosie are cubs. Brownies for the little girls is less popular these days, I am told. I wonder what groups your children belong to and what activities they share. I hope it is still outward bound with lots of camping, cooking and hiking in the English countryside. Learning all about nature, the flora and fauna which we still have in abundance but is sadly disappearing fast. I hope that in your time, many species are returning to their natural habitats and thriving and not just languishing in zoos, sad in prison specimens who no longer remember the lives they once had and should still now be living lives free from the restraint of man. I have great faith that man's natural consciousness will prevail 
and we will all collectively and quietly change the way that we live and move on this beautiful blue planet that we call home. The colour blue, Davis' poem. Give praise for the colour blue, for the print of sky above a cloud, as an iris prints a lid above when lost in sleep. Give praise when these two worlds meet. When sky and eyes have their mornings, awaken, rise, for this is something new. The night has stilled the clamour of the crowd, as the air is still between the feathers of a dove when lost in sleep. Praise, praise the circle now completes. The night gives way, long shadows are forming, Give thanks this pattern repeats for you, for every heart self-content and proud can beat a kind of death. This is love, that while we sleep, each heart will pause. The diastolic beat holds on too long, the temple of its warning.